1: Oh, hi. Al here. Yeah, I know, it's, it's been a long time, but I finally got around to fixing my pirate satellite broadcasting system. And I think I finally got all the bugs out of it now. So, it looks like I'll be taking over here for the next couple hours. I'll bring you up to date on all the latest breaking news, and uh, interview some of my close personal friends in the music biz. But best of all, I'll be playing all the videos I want to watch! So sit down, shut up, and hang on to your seats, because this is Al TV!
2: All right, Matt, we are back for another OWL TV episode. And number four. Matt, number four, as is tradition, we are bringing in someone who has a little bit more sketch comedy history than you and I combined, because uh, both <laughs> of us have zero. Uh, we are
1: joined by, by Mark Hampton. Mark Thank you for finally joining us. Oh, my pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this
2: has been a long time coming because we're still going to get you on for a couple episodes, but I wanted to get you in for this as well. So
1: what is your Weird Al history? We'll start there. So I was in a music video with a Weird Al about- What? (laughs) Yeah, I think it was 10 years ago. A friend of mine, good friend of mine named Doug Bresler is an animator. Brilliant animator, loves to do music, and he directed- Weird Owl's um, video through the drive-thru, I think it was or going through the drive-thru. Yes, 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 yes. They became tight on that uh, on that set, you know, working together and they and they became they've stayed friends through um, thick and thin for the last like decade, 15 years, something like that. Three. And Doug, along with his brother Joe, created a character known as LB Rain. And this premise about of Lb Rain was the same as Weird Al. They would basically do parodies. Now the difference with Weird Al is he would parody existing songs. Lb Rain liked to parody genre, and essentially their theme was they would come up with rejected theme songs for classic eighties films. So, The Terminator, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and it was time to do a parody of Star Trek and they enlisted me to come in and play the kirk character the captain um (laughs) we got to shoot this at youtube studios which is the first time i'd ever been there it was a lot of fun and we shot over four days most of it uh, almost all of it was green screen if not all of it Um, Mm -hmm. but the fun thing was that he got weird al to come in and do a cameo as a klingon doing a guitar solo and so he does, it's basically the bridge, and he's doing a whole thing. Where, or Where Did I use that right? The bridge? I think I'm using it. Yeah, music. that's, that's correct. Cool. That sounds music. right. All right, cool. Sounds right. I don't know. I'm not a musician. <laughs> um, so he's doing this whole guitar solo and just like killing it. And at the end, he hits that high note, cuts to a wide. I come out, shoot Weird Al with a phaser. <laughs> nice weird. And I was like, well, I can die happy now. <laughs> yeah, you got to
2: kill Weird Al in a music video. I got to
1: kill Weird You're Al definitely, in
0: a music video. Yeah, so you are definitely the first guest we've had who has uh, professionally killed Al, so yeah. congrats on that. That's Although, great. to be cool. fair,
2: we've mentioned it before, our first guest almost killed Weird Al. <laughs> That's true. The French. very first guest
0: we had made him trip outside of a Baja Fresh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that did set the bar pretty high, but you might have just topped I him with, with, uh, it. I think you surpassed it. I
1: think the bar. Uh, phaser think...
0: gun assassination.
1: I mean, that's pretty good. It's pretty that's good. Pretty good. It's yeah, pretty, that's awesome. That's you know,
0: I just to, I love I've heard this from other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know Al personally, but I know people who do. And I've heard he is really amazing at like he meets someone. You establish a relationship and he really does like keep in touch. Like he apparently is incredibly good at staying active with people. Like it's never like the people who work with him maintain a relationship for years and years and years, which I just love to hear. Like yeah, That's
1: so great. That's the, that's my experience with Doug. I mean, they, they hit it off and they have stayed close. In fact, yeah. I ran into Doug in the grocery store once and li- literally we were in the express aisle and I'm like holding too many items cause I didn't want to mm-hmm. get a basket. So I'm just like, yeah. and now I'm like struggling. We've all been there. All. And he's like, Hey, did Al call you? And I'm like, which owl are we talking about? Because I feel like you and I only know one owl, but why would yeah. Weird Al call me? And he's like, yeah, <laughs> he's going on tour and he's considering like having you come out with him as like the Captain Kirk character. And I was like, I can't emotionally handle this in the express aisle <laughs> at the pavilions Ventura right now. Um nothing ever came from it, but sure. it was really cool just to just. For someone to ask me a question in public for other people to hear, did Alan Yankovic (laughs) call you? Call call you about being Captain Kirk on
2: stage? Uh, That's so great. That's so (laughs) great. Imagine the scenario where you get to go on, like, what, a four-month tour where your only job is to walk out on stage just like Captain Kirk every night for, like, two seconds. (laughs) It would have been
1: my childhood dream come true. I would have combined my trek like fandom with my weird <laughs> owl fandom into one glorious glob and it, yeah it, seriously it would have been amazing oh, unfortunately nothing, so nothing came of it but uh well, you know what cool. you
0: never know you never know there's always yeah. there's there's always another tour
2: <laughs> always
1: so, another tour he ain't always stopping.
2: another tour he ain't stopping <laughs> all right no so we're going to be talking about the 4th LTV before we dive into this mark how how familiar are you with Al TV? Like, did you watch it when it would come on to MTV or is this just a thing you've maybe heard
1: of but never got to watch? I'd heard of and fellas, I can honestly say I don't remember watching Al TV because I think the episode we watched was from 87 and my introduction to Al was actually um, his Nirvana parody um off the yeah, deep so back. like 92 yeah, yeah so, so it's that was my first five exposure. years beforehand yeah right so and i uh, i'm not even sure my parents let me watch mtv in 1987 yeah. <laughs> so i'm not <laughs> even sure no i mean i'd heard of it subsequently though but i feel like the f- episode we watched was the first one i'd ever seen this one is
2: a bit of a weird one so obviously whenever we do these Um, We have to find it by any means necessary. That means usually daily motion. This one was on YouTube, Mm -hmm. and whoever put this on YouTube made sure that they were not ever at risk of copyright infringement because there is not even... Uh, a lingering of what song has been played beforehand unless you pick it up in the dialogue of Mm -hmm. Al. So much so that that at one point he goes to make a Madonna True Blue joke and we still don't even get to see the joke because I guess the song was a copywritten song. So
0: Uh, I have to say, I found that joke. (laughs) I found it. And I'm going to drop it in the chat for you guys right now So I have a link for it. And I actually think this is totally worth watching and uh maybe we can even feature a small amount of it in this episode so the setup for this we're jumping ahead a little bit but this is pretty early in the episode um is that al says that there was a contest of uh like make a fan-made music video for madonna's true blue Mm. and that they've picked a winner and he's like let's see the winner's clip now and in the full like complete version of it that clip is edited out entirely Presumably because they were worried about a copyright issue, but I searched for it and what it actually is it is a video of Bobcat Goldthwait in front of a green screen <laughs> singing True Blue by Madonna <laughs> oh, Amazing! <laughs> and he starts doing it like a, a normal like very like singing along to the track thing And then at some point in the middle of it He gives up on that and just like punk rock guitars come in and he is just <laughs> screaming the song <laughs> at the camera it is amazing
1: oh, shut up shut up! i feel I like i bet that's not the way it goes. you have that, please thank you what hell i'm I'm
2: I am so sad that that wasn't in that they had to cut that out of the YouTube video that I mean I don't
0: even know if they had to or if it was just him being extra extra cautious but wow I I thought to look it up because again spoilers in the regular one Bobcat appears at the very end of the LTV playing another character and I had a moment I was like holy shit and then I looked it up I just I searched because I thought, like, did they do anything else together all these years? Like, I didn't ever have a connection of the two of them in my head. And I just typed into YouTube, Weird Al, Bobcat Goldthwaite. And that popped up immediately, that clip of just his moments from Al TV, one of which being that big thing that got deleted from the upload.
2: So Look at this. Um, this is where Matt is the better host than me. Because I was just like, <laughs> oh, I guess that's gone forever. Moving on. <laughs> I, it just made me so happy
0: to see that. Because, yeah, no, I mean, Bob is... Is amazing. And for people who don't know, I mean, I, I, I don't even know where to begin describing Bobcat Goldthwaite's career. That's a whole other show we could run about him, but he is absolutely worth looking up, especially at this point. He was quite a notable, like, oddball alternative comedian in mm-hmm. this world. So it's not surprising to me that he and Al would have been buddies.
2: This is probably the shortest Al TV we've ever had to watch for this show. Uh, clips-wise, anyway, and I I can't help but kind of wonder if it's because Polka Party underperformed so badly before they produced this that they weren't going to give them four straight hours on television.
0: I guess so. I also did think to myself, I wonder, you know, we are, we've said it before, we're at the mercy of what people upload for this, and it also just might be the least archived of any of them. Like, maybe there's more footage here, unfortunately, that just has not made it uh, onto to YouTube it's it's possible that it was just because this version also it's funny the other ones were better edited I, and I kind of love it I'm not mad but this one has like randomly in the middle of it there's like Jay Leno doing a Doritos commercial, selling,
2: selling Cool Ranch Doritos Which... I
0: honestly thought it was part of the show for a moment <laughs> like, no this is a legitimate Jay Leno just talking about how great Cool Ranch Doritos are so there's I that awesome. one
2: there's that one. There's the one for, was it Health Bar, Heath Bar? Yeah, the which Heath is Bar just, one. Yeah, with the Heath Bar one, but the thing that's almost brilliant with the editing of those is that both those commercials are so ridiculous that I didn't catch that the coin collection commercial wasn't a legit commercial <laughs> until halfway through it. I was just going to say, whoever, it's almost like whoever edited this did it that on purpose to
0: get us to the point where then later on, yes, there is a commercial for fake collectible coins but the coins are like literally just loose change from someone's pocket um they're
2: describing it and they just go look at the expression on washington's face <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah how lifelike um yeah no exactly it's uh it it adds to the trojan horse element of that bit because that really did get me for a moment as well
2: now mark before we dive into like bit and wow i didn't mean to say bit in that way but yes before we dive into all of the bits that are in this yes. um from us from a sketch comedy point of view again matt and i not being being well versed in the world of sketch comedy but not actually being participants in it uh we've had you know your your fiance has been on the show before we've had yes. a few people from um smash on here talking about this mm. and the thing that we keep coming down on and i'm curious your perspective on this is like al's kind of on the cutting edge of the alternative sketch comedy scene because some of the sketches in this feel more at home in 2023
1: than they do in 1987 oh yeah he was a complete outlier back then he was (laughs) like like that he was considered avant-garde um i mean he was he was he was strange he was weird it was the it was the Wall Street generation of the 80s probably it was for kids because the the grown-ups didn't like it. They thought it was just strange. like I know my parents would have thought it was yeah. very odd and weird. Um, but, but it was being these weird
2: edge. moments of just showing a
1: toy robot like yeah. with no joke. It's, it, feels, it feels like here's it feels like adult swim 20 years earlier, you know what I mean? Yeah. It feels like the precursor <laughs> to adult swim.
2: Oh, that's, that's actually, you know what? That I always bring up the state and stuff. but You're right. Mm-hmm. If if nothing else, this is Adult like Adult Swim too. This yeah? is that too many cooks like era of
1: Adult Swim. Yeah. But in 1987, <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, you know, and and I remember I first started watching Adult Swim. I want to say in like late 90s um, when they really started their weird stuff, and they just had like mm-hmm. the the chyrons with like weird sayings and weird quotes and stuff. And yeah. it was just I always like this is just trippy. This is not anything like I'd seen. I've, I was doing that 10 years earlier, if not, if yeah. not even earlier than that. So it kind of reminds me love, of that the most. We,
2: we've we already talked about Bobcat, but I, I constantly love the, the level of credible people yeah. that show up to do these bumpers. Like B.B. King just showing up to do a, an Al TV bumper spot or probably the thing that made me laugh the hardest during the entire watch is uh, a person that he's already done a parody of at this point. They've clearly established a friendship, but Greg Kinn from the Greg Kinn band mm-hmm. showing mm-hmm. up and his clip, his bumper starts with him already laughing. Yeah. <laughs> because he's probably it gave me this idea that they probably go up to these guys and just immediately feed them the line that they're supposed to say mm-hmm. and then hit record because he's laughing before he says the line um, I'd rather be eaten alive by worms than miss <laughs> one episode of Al <laughs> and then in the background you can hear Al yelling TV, TV! Greg the TV! TV,
1: every time TV <laughs>
0: but yeah just starting with greg ken laughing hysterically like that i almost thought like is he wasted in this clip like he seems like, like he's like, like he's in a
2: bar like they it looks like walk he's from- at a bar and
0: he's like falling off the stool laughing as the clip starts and he can barely get the line out and he, again yeah gets yelled at corrected oh it's so good another side note the very top of this bb king yeah. yeah doing a shout out to al i mean like we had talked in the previous episode it was like just starting to see these actual um People, you know, like the real celebrities or artists or whatever, um, doing the you're watching Al TV bumpers. But wow, BB King, that really like threw me. I honestly again had a moment where I was like, "Is that really BB King?" <laughs> yes, it is. It's definitely really BB King. It's like I'm not totally sure what BB King looked like in 1987. That but was there. It. He is. That yeah. was exactly what he looked like.
2: Uh, and Al in the intro, the the probably the thing I walked away from this particular Al TV appreciating more than almost anything is that al has this real gift for going from like screaming to calm in like a in like a blink of an eye Mm -hmm. um and i'm trying to think where i wrote down one of the quotes but very early on before that even he you know he just says like Uh, so sit down and shut up and hang on to your seats for LTV (laughs) like like he's just he's so fucking good at what he does yeah and it's again it's he was fearless too he was
1: fearless oh yeah
0: yeah another thing we talked before about how like difficult it is to deliver jokes like this alone in a room with just him and a camera, like trying to deliver comedy and then cutting to the show. It is, you're right. You have to be really fearless I, to, uh, I've to said to do this, this like that. Yeah. i
2: said this before, but it gives me, the thing that it reminds me the most of is early talk soup, like John, Ooh, Henson, John Henson era talk soup, talk soup, where it's like this is just a guy making jokes to make his cameraman and his sound guy laugh. Yeah. Like there's yes. no one else there. And it's it's that's like the charm of these LTV. Every time that we watch these, I'm so charmed. The the pre-taped sketches are always really funny. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like just watching him just so totally straight faced, like grabbing the signs out of someone's hand and tossing it instant. Like he is just throwing anything at the wall and hoping for the best. Mm-hmm. Um, so a few of the things I wrote down that jumped out during this was like. There's there's the I guess he's coming from a Steve Martin video and then says, hey, did you know that he used to be the drummer for Yes as well? And it's like less than
1: a second
0: (laughs) of incredibly blurry footage of the guy from Yes. Be like, yeah, look at that. Amazing.
1: (laughs) And then he goes back to it briefly. He's like, let's look at it one more
0: time. (laughs) Well, yeah, exactly. Oh, he loves to do that too. another great like like let's look at that clip. Let's watch it again. Let's see that one more time. He just loves to keep throwing that at the wall.
1: This was
2: another episode that gave me a reminder that the things that Al has eaten on camera for our amusement is unbelievable and this one we got a peanut butter jelly ice cream anchovies on white, on bread, white bread sandwich. Um I'm just like this dude is is
1: a f- fucking psychopath. He also have the he also had the pet meat. <laughs> dude yes. when that meat starts dancing movie. on the table oh. <laughs> oh like it's twitching like
0: it has a heartbeat yeah he talks. he does like a pet steak, pet he calls steak. It. that's right it was a pet steak and then it, and then he just puts it down on the desk for a little while and then suddenly it reappears and it is like
1: pulsating it is like a nightmare it is so awful looking <laughs> yeah, it's, oh it was enough God. to make me give up eating meat for like an afternoon oh, yeah. yes
2: uh, I'm not sure if you caught this Matt I know that we're always looking for like when Al Makes a reference in Al TV that later pops up in a song lyric. Ooh, tell me, because I think I might have. He it. makes a comment about how many molecules are in a butt, which is 100% a lyric in Albuquerque. Albuquerque.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, he says someone won a contest for correctly guessing the number of molecules on his butt. Of course, in Albuquerque, someone w- he wins a contest for correctly guessing the number of molecules on Leonard Nimoy's well, he was,
2: butt. <laughs> he was off. Was it was I was off by three or something? I like. was off by three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that's
0: that was still enough to win the grand
2: prize. Um, and he's got a and, lot. He's doing a lot of giveaways. He's giving away the board weekend. Weekend, which the is boredom a weekend
0: which another funny like boy does he really like go to like his the boredom weekend where the prize is going to Boise Idaho yes. poor Boise what yeah. a what a lovely city that is I've been to Boise many times and it is totally fine if you're you go, listening and you're from Boise I love your city don't listen to Al
2: you go to Boise Idaho for a 12-hour <laughs> recital of all of the works of Charles Dickens followed by an all-night cram session with two strangers yeah
0: well one of the other jokes that he said and you'll get to visit the museum Museum of Natural History and I did have a moment I was like I must be really old because getting a trip to Boise to go to the Museum of Natural History I'm like that sounds great
2: <laughs> yeah, I love it that's
0: not a boredom to, weekend
2: that's huge I went to a murder mystery <laughs> night at the Delaware Museum of Sciences this weekend I'm like oh man is, I yeah. felt great it's a great place um, for a murder mystery I, yeah exactly
0: I, I will agree about the SAT cramming I don't think that I would enjoy that no. but the rest of
2: it sounded absolutely fine to yeah. me no problems here um, is the school is the solar skull plate that's a replay from a previous one correct I don't know if the
0: solar the sky high solar radio skull plate I mean he keeps doing skull plate bits I couldn't remember if this was directly taken or if it was just very close to another um, he definitely had some other like drill it into your head uh, and you won't look like a jerk <laughs> <laughs> product. Uh, invention product yeah um, I don't remember if it's exactly the same or just something very close but yeah that's a that's a popular recurring bit he loves that Did
2: either of you have fun trying to guess what the videos were that played before the bits based on what he was saying afterwards? Because I think I guessed at least one. There were a couple. There was actually one towards the end that I did. He said
0: the name of the track towards the uh, end of the show. Is it the Paul Simon one. one? (laughs) <laughs> uh, oh, no, he does mention You Can Call Me Al versus he says, no, it's a follow,
2: me. That's a response to my song, You Can Call Me Paul. <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: no, I noted that uh, towards the very end, he says um, that was Put Your Hand Inside the Puppet Head, which is a They Might Be Giants song.
2: Oh, that's right. Which nice is catch. someone
0: he parodies later, so he must have been, uh, uh, we know he was a fan. I'm not sure how much control Al actually had over the videos that I mean, aired.
2: 87 is real early for MTV to be playing. They might be giants. So this may have been one that he insisted on. Yeah. I, I'm a, I'm
0: a like a mega fan of they might be giants. And I know from like, they put out a documentary years ago that they actually attribute a lot of their success to the fact that in the early eighties, they had music videos for no reason other than the fact that they thought it was interesting. And that mtv was so desperate for content that they played them even though they were like they were like our stupid song was playing right after whitney houston just because they were like we need something to play um and they were like if we hadn't done that no one might have ever heard of her but they they got in on the ground floor sort of they also had the
2: dial a song
0: for a while right they did yeah they had dial a song up until pretty recently when the tape machine like finally broke that's so um, insane. Yeah. It's um,
2: crazy. Well, I know the one. He had to have come from "Subterranean Homesick Blues" by Bob Dylan at oh, some yes. point, because there's a scene where he's just standing there holding the postcards and dropping them to say, "Like, I think that was from a guy named Bob." The cue cards. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah.
0: Exactly. Uh, a uh, bit- another another quick thing because we already talked about the Madonna, the True Blue mm-hmm. bit, but I'm tracking this so carefully just because, again, ever since Weird came out. Now the relationship between Alan and Madonna is just like at the forefront of my brain at all times. And he says that he was the the Madonna contest comes up and he was like, Oh, I was just, I, I think he's like got a far away look in his eyes and he's like, Oh, sorry. I was just imagining um, what it would be like if Madonna was completely covered in sour cream and blueberries. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that is a
2: real, I, I made note like, of that as well. That is I was a, like, oh, interesting.
0: That is a straight kinky line from Al about Madonna like I I, again in these shows we've said before like it's all very like Mm PG-13 for Al where he's usually not quite this blue he he doesn't have this much innuendo not not this much true blue
2: (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah yeah
0: yeah. so to hear him make jokes like that I'm just like oh man and again it's just the fact that it's Madonna it's always Madonna
2: well and you know this episode will come out about a month from now but at the time that we're recording this it is the day after Valentine's Day Mm -hmm. but they make this came out on uh, Oct- February 3rd th- February heard. 3rd because they refer to it as the day after Groundhog's Day video extravaganza he talks a- about a
0: fun note I almost forgot to say this February 3rd 1987 this came out on my first birthday ooh how about that look at that um, so but I missed he also- it I didn't get to watch it live I'm sorry <laughs> you
2: were preoccupied but he also makes a I he makes busy. a comment about Valentine's Day, and he says, nothing. no better way to say I love you than the gift of owl. <laughs> <laughs> yes, buy them a copy of Polka Party. <laughs> uh, he, which he then runs down. I always love his fake tour dates, and I actually wrote down three different <laughs> venues that he was playing at. There was Crazy Bernie's drive through Pet mm-hmm. Shop. I wrote that down, too, yes. There was Mean Uncle Leroy's All-Night <laughs> Basketball Repair Shop and Holistic Car Wash. <laughs> and then, of course, the 27-night sold-out the event forum, at the The forum. forum, that was what got
0: <laughs> me at the Forum. <laughs> (laughs) Matt you and I both are so the same that's exactly the same three things that I wrote down yes I mean I just couldn't get over yet like you said the 27 nights at the forum is great and I just love the idea of the all night basketball repair shop
2: it's so good the the way that he like it's just it's just word vomit like like, absolutely like where does he where in any person's normal brain are they walking around they're like all right we need a crazy venue What about mean Uncle Leroy's (laughs) all-night basketball repair shop and
0: holistic car wash? And holistic car wash, just in case (laughs) that wasn't enough.
2: Um, So, Mark, you might not know this, but something that we learned in the Polka Party research Mm -hmm. was that when the album Polka Party came out, it was the only time that Al did not go on a headlining tour. He actually opened for the Monkees which I think is fascinating cuz he makes jokes about the monkeys He did in that episode constantly
1: in this yeah. <laughs> so many times in this episode he's talking about the that's monkeys That's such a perfect synergy though the monkeys in Weird Al yeah. I mean that's perfect sy- because it they, totally were, makes they were they were so silly I mean they were they were bananas yeah. too Yeah
2: Well I mean especially the monkeys this I mean it would be maybe 5 or 6 years later but like in the 90s, MTV started replaying the old episodes of the oh, Monkeys TV them. show. I watched them. Like, like, there was something about their very similar to Al abstract sense of humor that, like, totally mm-hmm. made sense in the disillusioned 90s grunge era. Yep. Um,
0: Monkeys were way ahead of their time. Dude, I mean, people ahead. just did not get it at the time it came out. They were way ahead of nope. their
2: time. Uh, but yeah, he disses them for not playing instruments at one point for his greatest <laughs> yes, special exactly. he's doing the Owl TV music awards and one of them is the award for making it look like the monkeys were almost playing their instruments. <laughs> um there's a there, there's a couple different ones. I think there's a shock the monkey uh solo tour joke or something like that. Like there's there's a whole they he yeah, brings up the monkey. One of his other like award times.
0: categories, he said the stupidest dance in a music video goes to Davy Jones. And it's just some shot of him doing a ridiculous move. Like, yeah, it keeps, he keeps coming back to the monkeys.
2: Dude, David Lee Roth being nominated for almost every stupid, <laughs> subtle sexual innuendo. Oh, words. yes.
0: Like, yeah.
2: Um, and I'll, the one was like, the, the video is being nominated for almost makes your head want to explode. And I will tell you that in the 10 seconds that he was showing those video clips, I got a headache. <laughs> yep. Oh, my God. Like, All the
0: insane, like, video editing effects that were just new and exciting, like, just strobing effects on everybody all the time. It's horrible.
2: (laughs) Um, Another line that I did write down, Al's just, like, firing these one-liners, and I love that it's in an empty room, Um, but he clearly has just come from playing Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer, and he goes, that was, of course, the Peter Gabriel song that asked the infamous musical question, Sledgehammer? (laughs) Uh, and then I did write down many, many, many quotes because we do get an Al TV interview with John Cougar Mellencamp. And these have just gotten Ugh. better and better and better with every viewing. They keep of getting Al TV. better. <laughs> um, just like him sitting down and ju- cutting to John Cougar going, I know why I'm here. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> Yeah, I was explaining it to them. You know what's really
1: interesting too, <laughs> to go back slightly to like the sketch conversation and inspirations. When I was watching his interview with John Cougar and Melencap, it actually really reminded me of early Conan O'Brien. Yes, early Conan yeah. O'Brien, because that's kind of this avant-garde crazy shit that he would do in the beginning. Like but, but that was a yeah, but that was a really funny interview.
2: I totally, I miss totally. when Conan would have the. Um... He would have the drop-down screen of the uh, celebrity with someone else's my lips favorite. on it. it. It was my absolute dude. favorite
1: bit on late-night comedy. <laughs> the Arnold Schwarzenegger ones especially. Those were always yeah, the, governor. the best <laughs> ones that are, well, are t- triumph.
2: I'm telling you, man, Seth Meyers is really stepping into that bizarre avant-garde. I'm not sure if you follow any of his stuff, but literally last night, mm-hmm. you can find it on YouTube, he did a 15-minute bit... <laughs> just called Popsicle shtick. And all it was, was that he would, he would read a joke set up. Like it was on the stick of a Popsicle. And then it would slurp up the Popsicle and reveal the punchline. And then his graphics team would surprise him with a graphic (laughs) that he had not seen before going live on television. (laughs) And like, it starts off with something small as like he says the punchline and then, for like 40 seconds, you're sitting there as a plane keeps flying across the screen, <laughs> spelling out letters that says, hey, Seth, happy Thanksgiving, you dickhead. <laughs> but like by the end of it, it is a full five minute parody of Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory with a bunch of sentient popsicle sticks and Seth Meyers head digitally placed on Willy Wonka's body. <laughs> like it's just wow. like what is happening but i guess it's what you can do when you know that your show's on at, at midnight, midnight. <laughs> and nobody's yeah. you're like all right let's let's get fucking weird mm-hmm. that was um, how conan was
0: able to do it too for such a long yeah. time oh yeah it's like you can no, get away with it if you yep, yeah it, it's
2: kind of what sucked when he went to tonight's show is he lost so much of that edge because he, cause he couldn't all. have like he masturbating to, yeah. bear he couldn't have really yeah. triumph and then then he left nbc entirely yeah. and they very vindictively kept the copyrights all these characters that they absolutely were never going to put on television just to fuck them further but yeah the the conan the everything that happened to conan is the most frustrating upsetting shit that could happen to someone who's dedicated so much of their life to like a very specific art form to have it kind of ripped away from spectacularly unfair Um, yeah uh one of the other lines he Al gets a little bit of a diss on himself when he asks John Mellencamp what he thought of his new album and because of John going, Whoo, it's horrible. <laughs> like, yeah, he's talking about the his album not selling well and he goes, Well it's just three songs. And he goes, And how long are those songs? Half a minute. Half a minute. That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, so he made an album with three half a minute songs. <laughs> and people aren't buying it. He's, and saying, he's like, do you think maybe you should have made a better <laughs> album? And it cuts to it cuts to a uh, Melencamp going like, ah, you know, I, just, I don't do that very well. I don't do that very <laughs> well. <laughs> Dear
2: Lord. Um, yeah. And then oh, we get great. I think this is the first time we get a reference to the close and personal friends of Al. Um, he advertises that for just eight dollars, you can be a close personal friend of Al. We've had former close personal friends of Al on the show, Jim Legrando uh, showed us some of the mail that he got from from his close personal friend, Al, while being in that thing.
1: That's tank. amazing, it's $8 plus $2 shipping I also, and handling. Yeah. Yes, I love <laughs> that the, the
0: official certificate of membership that he holds up, at least on the screen, is like, you can be a member, and he holds up the certificate, and on the certificate, there's a picture of Bruce Springsteen <laughs> yes. for some reason, <laughs> instead of Al. <laughs> Again, just these, like, unacknowledged, like, just little visual jokes that keep coming up. It's so good.
2: It's it's chaos. We talked about the coin commercial that that caught me off guard because I really did think it was a real commercial. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, Matt, there's something else that pops up towards the end of this. Al starts going through his mailbag, mm. and he pulls out a letter. From Ed McMahon. From Ed McMahon, who is the <laughs> subject of one of the songs on Polka Party. I know. We talked about
0: how that was uh, another bit of, uh, yeah, for the Here's Johnny episode that Al does reference. Uh, got a letter just the other day. Said, you may already be a winner. <laughs> yeah. Which is in this. Al has a few different references to his own stuff in this particular special that I didn't notice before. Uh, also, in that fake coin commercial we already talked about, he drops two lines from old infomercials that are used in... Um, Mr. Popeil Mr. Popeil one is operators are standing by mm-hmm. and then the other one is uh about the coins they drop the phrase now how much would you pay <laughs> <laughs> which is another just great old school like yeah I was clocking like a lot of like little references that plus the monkey stuff it's interesting like it's he, so he definitely strange. was doing a lot of cross promotional um stuff in here
2: So we end with two a lot of the bits are quick mm-hmm. you know it's like Here's a segment. Here's the mailbag. Here's the news, whatever. Um, the last two bits both go kind of the rest of the episode. We get the the extended fake news story on Van Halen's Live Without Annette. <laughs> and how it was Annette Funicello originally, and then she quit. And Bobcat Goldthwait comes back. Well, for us, it's the first time we see mm-hmm. him. As we later learn, this is the second or third time he's shown up in this particular Al TV episode. But he is telling the firsthand account of what happened. And I wrote down two specific lines as he says. And then and then Eddie's all like, hey, listen, lady, you weren't even my first choice.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's like, I'll take anybody who walks in here as our new singer he goes. And then unfortunately, he wasn't aware that Sammy Hagar was recording in the studio right next door and he walked in, but then he goes, and then all I remember was her trying to pull this gun out of Eddie's <laughs> mouth. That
0: was so like- oh my funny. God. I know it's so dark. It's also funny because in that instance, Bobcat Goldthwaite is not credited as himself. He is credited. The Chiron at the bottom of the screen says a uh, guy who thinks he was there. I, think is <laughs> I it didn't sketch
2: that.
0: <laughs> so it's like obviously complete nonsense, but he's just going on this long rant about you. <laughs> It's really, really it is, funny.
2: It is really funny, too, because this is at that time... This is at that time where everyone thought that Sammy Hagar joining Van Halen was the worst decision the band could have ever made. Like, yeah. And now we look back and it's like, oh, they sold like three to, three to four times more records with Sammy Hagar for four albums than they did with David Lee Roth. Like, It was a very successful winning combination, but this mm-hmm. is early enough where it's just like... These idiots—they've just ruined their entire career and legacy.
0: <laughs> well, it's extra funny too because you're right about all that, and yet that is still the prevailing mentality of a lot of people. Yeah, that the I, the Hagar
1: era was a complete waste. See, yeah, um, it's like when and there's fact, so yeah, many were good records. Yeah, yeah, see the Hagar, so many good Hagar albums. Phase, or whatever you want to call The Hagar era was my favorite. I liked it better. He's a better. I, I know singer. quite a few
0: people. Brendan a, from Weedis famously yeah. will always say well, that The Van Hagar records And they played that better.
1: song right now on the Pepsi commercial that like debuted at the Super Bowl that year and then they just played it on repeat on repeat. And so like for a while that's the only one I knew and, I, and there was like mm-hmm. you know bad juju around it and then I listened to more Sammy Hagar Van Halen and I was like this is awesome this is so much better than David yeah, yeah. Roth in my opinion. So,
2: no, because it comes down to this, right? I think that Van Halen, in all honesty, had three really good lead, three really good frontmen for three very yeah. different reasons, right? Like mm-hmm. David Lee Roth is a showman to the T. If you need a guy who's yeah. going to be running around on stage being crazy, like he's your go-to guy. Sammy Hagar had the pipes. Yeah. the dude could just sing for days and had an amazing voice. And then Gary Sharon, like, short-lived as he was and how rough that album was, I've heard multiple diehard Van Halen fans tell me that, like, if you wanted to see Van Halen live, his era was the time to see it because he had no ego. Mm. Where, like, Sammy Hagar would not perform any of the David Lee Roth songs and David Lee Roth wouldn't perform any of the Sammy Hagar songs. Gary was just like, here's all of the best songs that you have. Let's just do them. And was, like, happy to do, you know... Janie's crying, and right now, and hot sure. for teacher, and a couple songs off the third album that he did with them. Like he, he didn't have this like ego about like I'm not singing those other guys' songs. <clears throat> this is my band mm-hmm. now.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: that that happened. Um, and then we end the episode with Harvey the Wonder Hamster. <laughs> Uh, Getting a big, big joy, big smile out of my face. Always loving Harvey shows up. Until he's murdered. (laughs) When he smashes up, you've made a fool of me for the last time. (laughs) And,
0: And Al destroys Harvey with a sledgehammer. Dude,
2: and I'm sure all three of us being the a just knowing al but b the second that i saw that cut happen from the the close-up to the wide i'm like oh this this whatever fake hamster they just put in his hand for that cut is about to get fucking (laughs) destroyed i know he did
0: something similar in the previous episode where he was like well that's enough of that and he takes harvey and just throws him over (laughs) his shoulder behind him but in this one, it was, yeah, as if he was really affronted by Harvey and he kills him with a sledgehammer, which even for Al, you can tell, like, he must have felt the need to verify because then in the final, like, farewell moment, he is once again holding it totally fine. He's like, Harvey, I'm sorry like, about that, buddy. Just make sure there's no confusion. <laughs> and then he ends with fine. Christmas at Ground Zero. Mm-hmm. This is, in his,
2: February. In February.
0: His sign-off music. <laughs> Poor Al. That was his most recent hit single, arguably. Debatably, hit single. Yeah, hit, hit in quotes. <laughs> yeah, if your most recent if, if your most recent single is a Christmas song and it's February, you're having a tough time. <laughs> they, they're not all winners. You're gonna have a hard time. No, you can't. No. I mean, what are you gonna do? They played I it. Love it was them. nice.
2: I love that song. But Oh, still, me too. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think if February 2nd or February 3rd would have been where I'm like, okay, the
0: groundhog I'm just thinking, yeah. The groundhog obviously just popped up. The whole point, <laughs> the whole point of this event for Alice, it's a promotional vehicle for his right. music. And he again, he he pimps polka party pretty uh, you know, clearly the whole I like, give this to your Valentine this year mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, if he's promoting it with his new single, that's, you know, that's not his fault, but that's just a tough spot to be in. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, great Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, friends. The world got you down.
2: All right. Well, before we sign off, Mark, where can people go if they're just like this dude? We want more, of Mark.
1: God where can they them. go
2: to? Where can they go to to keep up with all the cool <laughs> things you know, you've you
1: been know, doing? Um, Twitter's probably the best place to find me. Mark S. Hampton, um, Twitter and Mark S. Hampton. That's pretty much where you're finding me. But really, I lately it's just been about college basketball that I've been tweeting about. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, you got this like pretty big
2: life event that's like kind of uh, quickly approaching as well. Sixty-seven days
1: away as the knot continues to remind me. Of Sixty-seven days. We're actually going to the wedding venue today to do our last looks for like linens and wow. and napkins and cool. things like that. Bat and I will check our mailboxes again
2: just to make Please sure do. that yeah, absolutely. we get the invitations. <laughs> and- <laughs> keep looking. Keep
1: looking. We're going to keep looking. <laughs> Snail mail. You know how this, you know how the thing goes. <laughs>
2: the U.S. Postal Service has really lost you, a lot you of. send it. out oh, two yeah, invitations
1: it's, it's without for sure. forever stamps, and this is what happens. Yeah. Rats. No, <laughs> no, seriously, a
2: big congratulations. It's Thank very so exciting much. to have. Two people who have been on the show that by the next time they're on the show be married to each other is very cool. Katie's I actually think uh, it's pronounceable now. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. look for the last year. I've just been posting her
1: with your last name at this Same.
2: point. I'm like, ah, I'll, I'll have to go and change it later Same. anyway. Bless her heart <laughs> when <laughs> it, whenever she has
1: to call a venue or for anything, and she'll and they'll be like, what's your name? and she'll she has to spell the name out and I'm like just just tell him Hampton just say Hampton <laughs> my, meanwhile
2: my sister infamously changed her last name from mm-hmm. Kelly to what? Eisenacher and I was like you should have just kept oh, that last <laughs> name Eisenacher? <laughs> that was a, that was a you terrible be a call. phenomenal college
1: basketball coach with that last name <laughs> that was the only way that that name was going to <laughs> be able to be spelled like Shefsky or anything else like that Dude,
2: listening, I've listened to her try to leave her last name with people and get so frustrated because she's li- she's lived the good mm-hmm. life of being, being a Kelly. Kelly where they're like, is that with or without the E? <laughs> exactly. That's the only question she you get have asked. She should kept it professionally. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I was like, what were you thinking? Um, all right. Well, thank you so I, I, much, no, Mark. Nice.
0: Oh, I have one quick little thing I want to add just because I feel like we've started to do this more and I think it's a cool thing about this show. There is a reference in the uh, When Al's Giving Awards category of this special where he talks about a Huey Lewis video that is directed by Godly and Cream.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Godly and Cream are a songwriting duo who originally started in the band 10CC. I know 10CC. Who maybe you've heard of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then they went, they left that group and started their own solo or duo group. Um, they also wound up making music videos. They're really just interesting artists all around. But Godly and Cream made records that are amazing. Mm, okay. Super crazy, super weird.
2: I mean, even 10cc um, is really weird t- for its 10cc time 10cc can get
0: very strange, and that's a big part of of their influence on it. But I'm telling, uh, for listeners of our show, it is worth listening to music. There is a song by Godly and Cream called Sandwiches mm. of You. <laughs> like Pictures of You, but Sandwiches of You. Um, stop what you're doing listen to godly and cream sandwiches of you and your brain will melt out of your head and maybe i don't do this enough maybe
2: maybe i'll it. end this episode instead of our traditional closing like little minute thing i'll play a little bit of sandwiches I just post of a little you. snippet
0: of sandwiches of you it's amazing <laughs> and i just i never hear them get referenced anywhere and i feel like again i'm projecting a little bit that al loves to name drop the weird interesting stuff like this and uh I didn't seem like a coincidence to me that he randomly just mentioned that they directed this Huey Lewis in the news video. I feel like he was putting their name out there. For yeah, like he almost made reason. that whole
2: bit just to get he, that he, name. <laughs> he from. wanted to
0: get that in there. And and it's just, you. I never hear them mentioned anywhere and it blew my mind that they came up. So I feel like Al likes them. So I'm telling you worth a listen, check it out.
2: All right. Well, we'll be back next week with even more weird algorithm. Woo-hoo.
0: Yeah. Yeah.